I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, but full of pride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Prideful Text Podcast. As always, it's your boy Pride. Today I'm rolling solo dolo. Just me. Here. By myself. We got a lot, we got a lot to talk about today. First and foremost, Antonio Brown. It's been rumored around out there that Antonio Brown has obtained a fake vaccination card. <sighs> Antonio Brown, if this is true, I don't know whether or not it is. I'm going to be nice and say it's not. I'm going to be nice. But if this is true, Antonio Brown, at some point, we're going to have to give up on him. So it is. We're going to have to give up on, him at the, at, on this guy at some point. Look, Pittsburgh, nothing but trouble, right? Then they said, oh, okay. And not, not to say that, you know, I don't want to say that he was like a locker room cancer or anything like that. I don't want to, you know. I'm not going that far, right? But he's been acting a fool for a while, right? Goes from Pittsburgh, right? Does the whole thing. Mind you, was a very, very messy exit. Leaves. Goes to the Raiders. Makes the whole stink about the helmets when the helmets were being like this is something that was new. This was something that's being talked about for a while now, and I believe he was one of the people, along with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, to get um to get ex, uh, exempt of from it for that season. At the end of that of, of I believe it was two years ago. At the end of that season, they had to switch, whether they liked it or not. They were gonna switch. Then he goes to New England at Tom Brady's request, might I add. Tom stuck his neck out for him, or stuck his neck out for him. Was like, you know what? Give me A B, we can make it work. Every step of the way, Antonio Brown has somehow found a way to put himself in positions he shouldn't be in. Um, look, AB, the fact that AB can be, the the fact that he can be told this and people actually believe it shows how down bad AB is. Not to his credit, he is denying it. His camp is denying the fact that that's not true. However... There is, uh, there is, and this is this is not this is not a joke. There is a screenshot that, if I'm reading this correctly, a a, a former living um a chef that lived with Antonio Brown, Stephen Ruiz, had a screenshot between Ruiz and Antonio Brown's girlfriend Sydney Morneau, and it supposedly shows that. 
AB was willing to pay $500 for a Johnson and Johnson vaccination card. And this is this is this is a direct excerpt uh, because it was in the Tampa Bay Times. This is the direct ex excerpt of of the report. Quote: Reese said he was unable back in July to find a fake vaccination card for Brown, who had those who told those around him that he was worried about the vaccine's potential negative effects on his body. A few weeks uh, a few weeks later, however, Reese said Brown showed him fake vaccination cards, which the wide receiver told Reese he had purchased for himself in Morneau. They were sitting on Brown's dining room table. Reese said. It was just days before the start of Bucks training camp. Now, we also need to be fair here, because for all we know, this could be this all could all be a lie. It is potential. We do need to shed some point, some some light on Steven Ruiz. Steven Ruiz believes that AB owes him quote ten thousand dollars. Ian. He supposedly had contact with the wide receiver's attorney as well as a media broker known for breaking stories to tabloid like TMZ and the National Enquirer. These are the, I'm quoting him. That, that was a quote. Now, obviously, you know, um, AB said it's not true. Tampa Bay was like, hey, look, we checked it out. We looked into it, you know. But the but again, it just it's a shame because Antonio Brown is not putting himself in a position where yet again, regardless if he's innocent or not, he's putting himself in a position where people can just speculate. And once you put yourself in that position, you already lost. You already lost once you put yourself in that position where people can just speculate and say, Well, I mean, this does kind of sound like Antonio Brown, because again, it be for Antonio Brown, we all know he loves looking for trouble. That whole domestic violence thing that he had going on, guess what? He reached out to Shorty. Tell me, tell me that's not looking for trouble. Like, and that that that's kind of this whole situation with him. And again, whether or not it's true, I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna speculate. I'm not gonna pretend. But again, the mere fact that Antonio Brown is willing to put himself in these situations where something like this could potentially happen, it's a shame. That's the best way I can describe it. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, "Hey, look, we we look at we look into it. We holler at people. We say, hey, yo, let's let let us see your uh, your thing, your your card, your uh, your vaccination card. Let's see how it is.' And again, this is just another distraction from Antonio Brown coming in at frankly the wrong time. Now, is it true?" I'll be honest with you, we probably won't know. We won't. But it is a shame that, like I said, Antonio Brown is now in the best situation he's been. He just won a Super Bowl. People are saying he looks back like the Antonio Brown of old while also being the third receiver, and at times even the fourth because there are times where Gronk gets more touches than him and Gronk is spotlighted more. At some point, A.B., you got, you got to stop. You got to stop putting yourself in this position. You really do. You really do. Uh, but we're going to keep it to the NFL. Week 11 is here. Love it. Let's want to put this up. So here are the games going on for week 11. Now, obviously, Patriots handed their business. 
They blank the Falcons. Sunday, Saints at Eagles. The Jets will host the Dolphins. Washington travels to, Carol- uh, to North Carolina for the Panthers. Colts visit, <coughs> excuse me, visit Buffalo. The Browns host the winless Lions. And by the way, these are all the 1 o'clock games. I'm going to start with those. Uh, the 4-5 49ers visit Jacksonville to play the Jags. Uh, Titans host the 1-8 Texans. Uh, the Vikings will be the home team against the Packers. And the final 1 o'clock game will be the Bears hosting the Ravens. So, quick breakdown on how I think it's going to end up going. So, in terms of the Saints, uh, they just said Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara Kamara is not going to be in. He's not playing. Um, he's officially been ruled out. Um, with the whole controversy happening at the quarterback position, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Saints have it in them. Um, contrary to you know to the Eagles, I, like I said, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. I like him. I think the offense is starting to click a little bit. Uh, coming off the win from last week, I think they go in. Handle the business. I got Eagles over Saints. Um, for Dolphins and Jets, uh, obviously the Jets are the Jets. They're, excuse my French, dog shit, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, I got the Dolphins winning. I think what the Dolphins did last week against the Ravens, um, this is me. I, I think this that was a sign of things to come. I think this defense is going to get back on track. Um, you know, obviously when it gets back on track, Tua Tungavailoa uh, will obviously step on the field and immediately will be blamed for losing the game before the coin toss, free tour. Um, but I do have the Dolphins in that game. Next, uh, the, the Panthers are starting Cam Newton. They're giving Cam Newton the official start uh, to play against the Washington football team. And here's the million-dollar question. Uh, what cam are we getting? Um, a lot of people are were excited. They were ecstatic. They were blown away, and they were happy based on the performance that he had given them. Um, granted, it wasn't much, but at, sometimes that's all you really need. You just need Cam to, you know, be super Cam. Um, so in terms of me, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think right now where the Washington football team is, they're just really not in a good place. They lost um, – uh, they lost uh, – oh, shit. What it do, Rio? Appreciate you swinging by first and foremost. And um, yeah, bro, I, look, the Panthers—they handling the look. I think they're gonna win. I really do. I like them. I like how I like where they're going. Um, and against a um, Chase Young for Washington, torn ACL, so he's out. He's out. So I, I, you know, I just don't. I don't see them going. Um, it is gonna be interesting. Um, it's gonna be Ron Rivera. Post, you know, post, you know, playing against his old quarterback Cam Newton, will he, you know, because Ron Rivera knows him, maybe he can stifle him. But I'm gonna go with the Panthers to get the win. Um, in terms of Colts and Bills, they're and yes, real the Washington football team, they're beat up, they're extremely beat up and they're very vulnerable. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that's really what's gonna happen. Um, I understand the Jets lost Sam Darnold, but. You know, not a lot of people are really high on him. And when you have Cam right now, the emotions are going high, especially after a win. Their emotions right now are all-time uh, all high. So they're going to be playing with a purpose. Colton Bills, look, I'm a Patriots fan, right? So I'm hoping the Bills lose. I'm hoping so we can get first place in the division. 
However, I just don't. I don't think I don't think they will. Um, Josh Allen, definitely MVP contender. Um, offense, Bills got the better offense. Um, they also got the better defense. Um, I, again, this really isn't really a knock on the Colts. It's just the fact that right now Buffalo is just better right now. Um, however, that's not to say it's going to be a wash. I do want to make that clear. I don't think this is going to be a wash. I think it'll be, you know, it'll probably Bill should win cup pretty. Yes, I think 10 points. I think it'll be they'll, they'll win. I think Buffalo will win by 10. Um, enough where, you know, you can say, you know what, the Colts hung in there. You know, they did their thing. But at the end of the day, we know who's the better team. We know who's better. There's just no debate. There's no question marks, none of that. We know who's better. Um, and, of course, it's going to be the Colts. Now, originally for this game, I had the Browns beating the Lions. I really had that. I had I had them beating the Lions. <laughs> I did a little bit of thinking. I'm going out on a limb. I'm changing my mind. This is the first time this season that I've changed my mind. I've always once I picked a team, I stuck by it no matter what. I changed my mind. I'm going with the Lions over Browns. I'm 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 rolling with it. And I I listen, man. I like Dan Campbell. I think he's a good. The, he's a he's a good coach. I think he's a solid coach. If you watch the game plans he tries to implement, they're not bad game plans. They're not stupid game plans. They're not. It's just unfortunately for him, he just doesn't have the personnel. He doesn't have it. We can't blame him. And, yes, do I think golf gets too much criticism? Yes. And, real, me and you were in the same boat. Now, I'm not – let me just let me just clarify this. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jared Goff is a phenomenal quarterback and he's a top five guy. I'm not going to say that. But at the same time, I don't know what other quarterback you can put in that same situation – and expect them to be tearing up the field. Like, I, I I, don't know. I really don't know. Like, like again, Matthew Stafford couldn't get them wins. If you put Tom Brady here, I don't know if Tom Brady will be able to do it. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. It's like right now, if we're going to be honest, I don't want to be that guy, but it, it, it's, it's dog shit. I don't want to be mean, but at the same time, why do we got to keep blaming Jared Goff? It's not, you know what I mean? Again, there are some times where he's making knuckleheaded plays. I'm not going to lie about that. But to say it's, the end, it's all on him, I asked the question, and no one really likes answering this question. What quarterback would Job put in there that would give this team success? And when you ask that question, the question, all of, like, you know, the, the, the whole conversation, it's not fun anymore. And that's, that's kind of where I am with both Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is a solid quarterback. I just think he's a guy who, you know, he kind of needs – I put him in the same class I put Baker Mayfield, right? They're solid, but, you know, they, they're not – they're not. they'll probably carry you for a game, but they're not going to carry you for a season. Like, you need that one game, sure, maybe they'll give it to you, but you should probably try to have 
you would not probably should, you definitely should have talent around them and make sure they fit in perfectly. They're not a guy like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers who you can just plug in and they play and they're good. That's not, that's not who he is. That's not. And that's kind of my opinion on it. But I think the Lions get it done. I get it. It's in Cleveland. I get it. But I, I want to be able to say this. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing the Lions for the rest of the year. I don't care who they play. I'm choosing the Lions because I want to be able to say I was right. The Lions won. I want to be able to say that. Because like I said, this Lions team, are they bad? Yes, they are. But I'll be honest, and I, I don't think they're worse than the 0-16 Browns. I don't think they're worse. That's just me. But I'm going to go with the, with the Lions. Um, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both, at this point in time, still not going to play. So it's going to be more along the lines of let's put Baker in and let you know carry us to the, to the promised land. Their defense has been struggling. Let's see what happens and how it goes. But I'm going with the liner, uh, with the Lions. Uh, the next game, the 49ers travel to Jacksonville to play the Jags. I think the Niners get the win, and I think it, I think it's going to be close. I think it will be. I think uh, it'll probably be a low-scoring affair, probably. But I do have the Niners winning by three. Um, the Niners have been underachieving this year, which bothers me. I don't like that because a lot of the situation <laughs> these kids are so delusional. I mean, look, I'll tell you this right now. Vikings fans, I don't want to call them delusional, but there's something. There, there's something. And it's it's <sighs> They're they're they swear they're almost they're like diet cowboys fans. Swear to God, they're diet cowboys fans, right? And it's because every single year, this is our year. Then they lose, and then it doesn't matter. They, they, you know, it's always oh, it, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not fair. We can't. It's always that. Then they win, and then it's they're good. Then then if they're lucky to make the playoffs. They, they, you know, it's it's this whole thing. I do. They look. If you want to call them delusional, I don't mind. But I'm telling you right now, they're special. They are special. Uh, quick question: Why do Rams get so many passes? Um, Packers lose once, and they automatically overrated. So, let me tell you why the Rams got a. Well, for me, I didn't give them a pass. Um, I'm still holding them responsible for the loss. I'm just not gonna slaughter them because. Every team is due a bad game, right? And I think that was their bad game. And I just think it was the perfect storm, right? Like your your Robert Woods is down, so now he's really you're really Cooper Cup or bust. You know, Odell still doesn't have a legit role, so you know you're trying to incorporate him. So I just think all that happened. And they also really came in thinking it was gonna be cake against the Niners, and the Niners was up for that game. Like you know what I mean? They were up. They were ready to fight. Now I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that they deserve a pass on it. You know, we should kill them for it. Well, I'm not gonna say kill them. You should. You know. Cr you know, criticize them. But I'm not gonna say kill them. Um, they. They are on their bye week. I want to see how they come out out after their bye week. And they take another L. 
is going to start looking real dicey for them. Uh, and the Packers lose once, and they're automatically overrated. My whole thing with the Packers is come like I don't this whole thing. The only time I really think the Packers are overrated is when you start saying they can beat the the Cardinals or they can beat Tampa. That's where I'm like, we got to pump the brakes. Like, I don't think they can. I think at best, this is the third best team in the NFC. That's just me, right? Um, but I will say this. I have seen people claim um, that, you know, the Packers lost and, you know, they're all of a sudden now this dog shit franchise that's horrible and, you know, they're not even going to make the NFC championship. I'm like, hold on, let's pump the brakes. Like, let's see how their road looks. And go from there because you know if they only if 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 they don't have a cake road and then either and then they meet either the Bucks or the Cardinals or maybe the Rams in the NFC Championship that's one thing but I mean I'm not a fan saying that they're overrated I don't think they're overrated uh, they do have problems but to say that they're overrated I mean you know, again for me personally only way I'm calling them overrated is if you're saying they're making it to the Super Bowl and even then. You know what I mean? Like, that's not even a a reach. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if we really sit down and think about it, if they make the NFC Championship, they still have a shot to make the Super Bowl. Um, Real says, for example, if the Packers beat the Rams, what's your assessment on the Rams? I want to see how, how it is. Like, if it's a shootout, then you can make the case and say, you know what? Really came down to who got it at the end. If the Packers come out and they obliterate the Rams, that's gonna have that that that's gonna have to factor in, you know. Um, that, that's really how that's how I look at it. If the Rams lose, with and it's just like a one score game, you can go. You know what? Maybe maybe you know the Packers was on one, but if the Packers come out and just punch them in their mouth, Matthew Stafford looks looks horrible. Cooper Cup looks like a rookie, and Ob and people even forgot OBJ stepped on the on the on the field, and then defensively. If you forgot, if you thought Aaron Donald retired, and you're rubbing your eyes, and all of a sudden, um, Jalen Ramsey just looks like some guy that just elevated off the practice squad, and Von Miller's age starts to show. If it's like that, then we're gonna have to have a sit down and have a conversation about the Rams. We're gonna have to sit down and have a real heart to heart because their defense hasn't been playing great. Their defense has been, you know, it's been underachieving. So if that were to happen, that like I'm if, if the Packers destroy them, that's a conversation we're gonna need to have. We're gonna have to sit down and talk and say, you know what? Is it and I posed the question before after this loss, I posed, is it possible that we're overrating the Rams just a little bit, just a little bit, because we want them to succeed? That might be a possibility. But as of right now, we know. But I will tell you, if they lose, them, and it's not even the Rams, if they get if they get punched in their mouth by by Tampa, um, I think they did lose to the Cardinals. I believe, yeah, they lost to the Cardinals. Um, and when they lost to the Cardinals, I kind of was just like, oof, you know, you kind of gotta keep that loss in the back of your head. But at the same time, we all, we're in this weird spot where we can't really hold the regular season too too much because remember last year. The Saints handled their business. If I'm not mistaken, they played Tampa twice and beat Tampa both times. Then the playoffs happened. You know what I mean? So maybe, but I will say this, Rio. If the Packers punch them in their face, we at the bare minimum, 
need to have a conversation about the Rams and I have an honest heart to heart because we're, we're going to have to figure something out. Um, but yeah, for that game, I got the Niners. Um, this one, Texans at Titans, that one's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, look, Texans, we already know. Um, it's going to be the Titans. Um, the Titans better score, by, better boy by at least two possessions. Um, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, but then you were talking about your team, Rio, the Packers versus the Vikings. Now, Aaron Rodgers is playing. Um, he's on the field. He's going he, he to handle his business. Um, I got the Packers. Um, look, like I said, I think the Packers are the third best team in the NFC. I really believe it. I like them a lot. Um, the Vikings, my problem with the Vikings, who are we going to get? What Vikings team are we going to get? Are we going to get MVP Kirk Cousins? Or are we going to get, you know, you know, the, the, the dude who just wants to collect stats in, in, in garbage time? What defense are we going to get? Are we going to get a solid defense? Are we going to see the defense we saw against Dallas that like Cooper Cup throw for over 300 yards? Like, I don't know what off what we're gonna get with the Vikings, and I'm more confident in what I'm gonna get from Packer for the Packers. So I'm I'm kind of with them. And real, you said y'all gonna destroy him. I, I think y'all can. I think y'all can. I mean, it's in Minnesota, but it's not like that's really gonna matter. You know, it's not a you know what I mean. Like the Packers are on a warm weather team. You know, they're in Wisconsin, so. You know, that, that really won't matter. So, but yeah, I, I think it's the Packers. The last one o'clock game, Ravens and Browns. Oh, I'm sorry, Ravens and Bears. Wow. So, I don't know if anyone has heard, but Khalil Mack is out for the rest of the year. Um, they put him on the uh, Chicago, put him on the IR. He's in a season ending foot surgery. Even with Khalil Mack, I didn't, I didn't give the Browns that much of a chance. He's at my top five in the NFC. I'll put in the NFC. I'll put I'll put the Packers in there. I'll put I'll keep the Cardinals in there. I'll keep the Rams in there. Tampa Bay's gotta be in there. They gotta be in there. Like we kind of gotta keep them in there. Um in the NFC. What am I missing for the NFC? I said the Cardinals. Packers, Rams. Who's, who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing someone. Is that Cowboys? And there's, ah, sure. We're going to see the throw them in there. I mean, like, like I said, me personally, I think the NFC is in this weird spot where it's really the top three. And then four or five, it's kind of like they're just there to fill in the holes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like obviously, like I said, it's Cardinals, Packers, um, and Tampa. Ah, Tampa's the one I was forgetting. Tampa, yes, because I, I, I'm talking about my original four. Tampa, I can't believe I forgot about, I forgot about them. But Tampa, and then you you could you can put Dallas in there. Um, you know, uh, you could put Dallas at fifth at five. Um, but for me, the NFC right now, I think it's a three-man race. I really do. And even then, like you said real earlier, if the Rams get, like, stomped by a legit contender, we're, we're going to have to have a conversation about them. So, for all I know, that might end up bumping them out, and then we might have to have a whole new team in the top five. 
you know what I mean? So, but, but yeah, yeah, that, that'll be my top five. Like I said, I have five, you know, like four and five. I mean, eh. and I got the Rams at five and look, I want to love the Rams. I really do. But I, I have a gut feeling we low key crown them just a little bit too early. So that's really how I feel about them. But yeah, I got the Ravens over the bears. Um, Lamar's gonna have to prove a point. You know, he's gonna have to. If I if I'm Lamar Jackson, this is the game. I'm, I'm petty. I'm petty. When I say I'm petty, I mean it. I'm petty. See, this right here, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. And when we talk about that, well, we we gonna talk about that in a minute. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm petty. I'm I'm not I'm not rushing the ball one time. I'm not rushing the ball one time. I'm throwing the ball fifty plus times. If, if, if Coach Harbaugh gets mad at me, I'm going to tell him, look, Coach, I respect you. All due respect, with my balls from the back, I'm flinging it. And I'm flinging this ball like a mess. Bro. I'm going to be petty. I'm flinging up a store, bro. Like I said, I'm, I'm throwing 50-plus times. I'm out here trying to shadow the, 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 the most game, most yard store in the game. Like that, that's what I'm going to do if I'm a boy. I'm going to be petty. Um, this Bears defense, you know. Hasn't really been the best. Obviously, Khalil Mack has been their best guy. Now with him out, they really have no they have no shot. Um, but the Bears right now, if I'm the Bears, I don't worry about wins. I'm talking about the roster. I don't worry about wins, right? I just worry about getting the continuity of this team together, making sure we you know put enough faith in Justin Fields. And right after that, get Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, the double fuck up out of here. You didn't get that many fuck up out of here. And whoever else wants to pick him up, hey, yo, your, your problem, not mine. But the Bears desperately need to get rid of Matt Nagy. This has been a sentiment that everyone, everyone has been saying for a while now. And the fact that he still has a job gives me hope. I, mean, I say this joke all the time. If, I, if Matt Nagy is still in the league, no problem, I, I could be a coach. And my play card is going to have all the plays for Madden 22. That's it. They're going to be like, yo, coach, what are we doing? Uh, you guys ever heard of the play Dagger? They're like, what? What? Yeah, uh, a, a deep attack on three. It's like that. That that's gonna be. And, and Matt Nagy's play calling has been absolutely horrendous, very questionable at best. Um, he kind of does the same thing that Joe Judge and and of the Giants does. When you're supposed to be aggressive, you coach tentative, and when you coach, you're supposed to be tentative, you coach aggressive. Like it's 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 this wild thing where they live. He he lives in bizarre world, and it's crazy because when you're t- when when even then he somehow messes up the play calls even worse because when he's supposed to be play tentative. He does this weird thing where he picks the one tentative play that everyone knows is not going to work. He, 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 he's definitely a weird ball, but for all those things, I'm, I got the Ravens um, up top. Uh, now the 4 o'clock games. It's going to be the Bengals at Raiders, which is going to be a good one. Cardinals at Seahawks. I'm going to like that one. And then Cowboys uh, visiting Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So Bengals this is a close one. I got the Bengals. Um, I think I think this is gonna be the game that Jamar Chase just gets fed up with everybody and just him and Joe Burrow. Look, everyone's been saying Joe Burrow doesn't th- throws the ball too much. I'm one of those people. I like Joe Burrow, but I think when you have a running back like Joe Mixon, I understand the injury history, but you still gotta util- utilize him. He is still a very important, very premier back in this league. And you still you you need you need you need to utilize him somehow, you know? Kind of like what we say about Buffalo, right? You Throwing the ball is cute and all, but at the same time, when you're when you're close to the goal line and you're throwing the ball, you're not setting yourself up for failure. You need to be able to run it. Um, but I think I think Jamar Chase is gonna have two touchdowns. 
um, probably 100 plus yards, uh, receiving yards. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow's going to do his thing, and I think Joe Mixon is going to get more touches. He's going to get more involved in this offense. Um, no disrespect to the Raiders, but at this point, I'm, I'm very high on the Bengals. Um, the next game, the Cardinals um, are playing at the Seahawks. I got Cardinals. It, this better be a banger. I'm telling. I'm saying this right now. This is what I, I genuinely believe this. If the Seahawks lose this game, it's the beginning of the end of the Russell Wilson era in Seattle. It's already been on thin ice. It's already been on thin ice where stuff is starting to crack and whatnot. And I think if they lose here, at that point, like, Russ is going to be like, what the fuck am I doing here? What am I doing? It's ridiculous. I, I don't. I don't want to play this anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to be here. Um, and at this point, remember, him and his wife Sierra—they're already looking for a reason to leave. You know, they're already looking for a reason. He's been trying to tell the organization, bro, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. They're not listening to him, so he's probably gonna dip. Now, Cowboys at Chiefs. Um, I got the Chiefs, believe it or not, and I got it easy. I, I got the Chiefs handling business. Um. Their, uh, their Kansas City Chiefs defense has been playing better. And here's the thing about the Chiefs defense. You don't have to be a top five defense in the league. You don't have to be. No, you don't have to be. You just got to be opportunistic. You just have to do just enough. That's really it. A lot of people, and I am, and I'll be honest with you, I don't care about I don't care about the Dallas side of it. I don't care about Dallas. I really don't. I'm more interested in the Chiefs. The, like, the defense has been turning in the right direction. And here's the question. Has the defense been – is it because they've been playing bad, like, you know, bad offenses? Or is this is this defense starting to click and figure it out? I think this is the game we find out whether or not that, you know, they're be, they're legit. And you think Patty Holmes um, – Rio says, I think Patty Holmes makes a statement this game. He He needs to. He needs to because a lot of people have been thinking, you know, have we crowned this kid too early? Because a lot of people, you know, are, are overly in love with him. And now a lot of people are asking, have, did we crown this kid too early? Patrick Mahomes, he's going to need four-plus touchdowns. Now, this offense is high-powered. This is a very high-powered offense. So asking them to give you four – between four to six touchdowns, that's, that's not – you're not asking too much. Because this, 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 this offense is extremely high-powered. The problem, herein lies the Chiefs' defense. Like I said, they've been trending in the right direction. Now, here's the question. Are, is look, them trending, is it, was it legit or just a fraud? This is, this is where we see. And again, the Chiefs don't have to be a top five defense. They just got to be like between like top 17. Give them top 17. Anyone between 17 and 15, they'll be, the, Chiefs in, like, the Chiefs' entirety, they'll be fine. You know, the, they will be fine. Um, this this is what I wish was the 8 o'clock game. But we're stuck with Steelers and Chargers as the 8 o'clock game on Sunday. Um, they did crown him way too early. In my opinion, he's held to a crazy standard. He is. And, 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 and this is why I don't – because a lot of people get mad when I say this. Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in the in that in the NFL right now who gets held at a high well maybe even Aaron Rodgers. Those two get held to a very high standard. Then when they don't meet those standards, it's okay. 
Like when we put Russell standards on Russell Wilson, he doesn't make it. We we slaughter him. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, the, even Deshaun Watson before he, you know, did what he allegedly was accused of. Him, um, Peyton Manning. If we if we want to go to all time great, Peyton Manning, uh, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Joe. I, I, to my knowledge, I've never. The, the, they're the only two quarterbacks I know who you put the you put the bar up here. They get to here, but it's okay. I, I don't. I, I I just I don't get it. Um, I, I've always I've always said, look, man, we're we're pushing Mahomes too much, and I've I've said this, and I've I've been consistent with this. Patrick Mahomes does not know how to read defenses, and he's relying on his freakish ability. To get him out of it, and I've said one eventually, when people when the defenses understand and start to game plan him, with, especially with the two high safeties, he's gonna get exposed, and that's what's been happening. Now he's learning to read the defense, and now he's trending back on that path that people wanted him to be on. But I've always said I'd rather crown a guy too late than too early. That's just me. That's just me. I would, I would rather still, I'd rather this year still be calling him overrated, let him adjust, then afterwards apologize, and then you know be like, you know what, he got it, he adjusted, whatever, rather than be screaming he's the best thing since sliced bread, and then give him excuse after excuse after excuse for why he's failing, you know. And again, he will adjust. He will adjust. He will. He has to. He has to. He has no choice but to adjust. You know, the Chiefs are all in on him, so he owes it. He owes it to the franchise that, frankly, adores the. the they adore him. That's Mahomes right now can go shoot somebody up, and the the franchise will be like, "Oh, silly guy!" Like they they're they're head over heels with him. Steelers charges. I got charges. I at this point, I don't, I don't even think that was even that that, that difficult. Um, I I think I don't think Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Okay. Let me pump the brakes because Pride is on one. Pride might be drunk. Ben Roethlisberger. There we go. That's the name I'm looking for. Jesus Christ. I think Big Ben, Big ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's playing. Which opens the floor, opens the field, opens the playbook to that phenomenal guy, Mason Rudolph. I just hope he throws the ball 50 more times. Well, let me have another game throwing 50 plus times. I said this against the Lions. There's no way on God's green earth talk to him. By the way, for those for those of you who can't see, the comment says, like, man, they're putting a 26-year-old guy referring to Patrick Home in go conversation. I've been screaming that for a while now. Been screaming. But um, at this point, man, like, you know, Najee Harris should be leading them. Um, in no way, no how they should even be thinking um, in any way, shape, or form of having Mason Rudolph throw for more than Najee Harris has run, like, has rushes. That's absurd. 100% that's absurd. I don't like that. Excuse me. I don't like that. I don't respect that. I'm not a fan of that. Um, 
And at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Um, I Like I said, I got the Steelers. They better, like I said, they better not in any way, shape, or form even remotely think it's going to be cute, it's going to be adorable, and it's going to be fun if they're letting Mason Rudolph throw the ball 50-plus times. I'll be honest, he shouldn't be getting 25 throws. He shouldn't even be getting 20 throws. But honestly, I'll be honest, man, 50 to 20 is probably like where he should be at. They should be running. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. All right, so let's talk about it. Oh, by the way, for those of you who can't, who can't hear, Rio said they need a better backup plan than Rudolph. I'm going to tell you something. They will never find a better backup plan than Mason Rudolph. Do you want to know why? There's this, there's this insane belief they have in this kid. This kid, his highlight reel, the intro and outro, is Miles Garrett hitting him in the head with his own helmet. There is also, in between that intro and outro, there is a five-second picture in the middle of it that shows his head with a dent where the helmet hit him. You're not winning with him. That's all, that's all it really comes down to. You're not winning with him. Um, Rio also said, feed Najee. That's the only way they're gonna, they even have a chance in winning this game. Najee Harris needs to feed. And I'm not just saying that because I have him on my fantasy. Like... They, they, they desperately need Najee Harris to – he needs he needs more – way more touches than Mason Rudolph has through. And, and that's just that. Um, Ru, uh, Rudolph always getting banged up. I'm, yo, he is. He is. Rudolph is a weirdo. He starts the problems, and when someone says something to him, looks at the ref. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, then Monday night, Giants, Buccaneers. I'm going to tell you this right now. I got the Buccaneers. I'll tell you this right now. Just like I said last week about Washington football team. Don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. I understand Tom Brady going to be mad. I understand he's going to be mad. I'm tired. I get it. He's going to be mad. But the Giants, Giants and Tom have a history. I'm just throwing that out there. This is going to be one of two ways. Either the Giants win a nail-biter, or, you know what? I, I, I'm i with you, Rio. Rio said it won't be a blow I'm with you, Rio. I'm with you. I think defensively, I like this Giants team. It's just the play calling that perplexes me. Like I said earlier about Joe, uh, Joe Judge and Matt Nagy, when they're supposed to be tentative, they coach aggressive, and when they coach aggressive, they're supposed to coach aggressive, they, pit, they coach tentatively. Um, at some point, you're going to have to see what you got in Daniel Jones. And the only way, only way, is if you open up that playbook for the kid. That's the only way you'll be able to figure out whether or not Daniel Jones is going to be your answer or not. The only way you'll be able to be comfortable with him is if you open the playbook and say, all right, kid, go make some plays, and let's see what happens. That's the only way you'll be able to figure out. Now, for some reason, they don't want to do that. They don't want it. Why? The world may never know. But I'm telling you, man, it's just it's to the point, man. Like I said, I got Tom Brady, obviously. Just, you know, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, not senior, because that's the father, junior. He'll handle his business, but like I said, it's not I don't I don't think it'll be a blowout. 
This is the, this is a team that always somehow finds a way to get inside of Tom Brady's head. Not only just his head, because he actually performed. I don't want to say that. And in Tom Brady-led team, they somehow always find a way to get in there. So I got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting the win. Like I said, I usually, when I make the picks, I stick with it. This is the first time I've changed. And I'm saying this publicly. If the Lions win on Monday, I'm acting a fool. I'm call, I'm being honest. I'm acting a fool. Um, do you think Ben Simmons is headed to the Motor City? So I've been hearing about that. Um, they they're thinking about trading Ben Simmons to get Jeremy Grant. Um, they're also gonna you know um, to make uh, everything you know match out evenly. Detroit is thinking about throwing some uh, some picks in there and possibly one other player. No, I don't think I don't think this trade is gonna happen. I don't think so. The only reason I don't think so, as much as I like Jeremy Grant, as much as I like him, him in that Sixers offense, he's not going to get the touches he get. He's getting in Detroit. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, and again, I could be wrong. I, I can be, and he ends up going. You know what I mean? But the problem I have with Jeremy Grant is that a lot of the touches he's getting is because he's on a bad team um, and it's because, you know, they don't really have any other options. Like, for instance, right now, uh, uh, let me pull up his stats. So that way we all have the same information we're working with. So the highlighted yellow, those are his stats this year, 13 games in. So these are his stats, 13 games in. 18 points per game, not bad. Um Shooting 30%. That, now, this is the problem. In order to get those 18 points, it's taking him about 15 shots to get it. He's shooting 40% from the floor and 30% from the point line. So, in terms of him fitting, and again, he's a forward, right? So, whose minutes is he going to cut into? Because when when healthy, it's going to be Joel Embiid at the one. At the two, I'm talking about, I'm doing in order of scoring options. It's going to be Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Um, is going to have to be in there too because he's been balling like crazy. So he's going to need to get some touches. Seth Curry, who right now is the only the only player right now who's in the 50-40-90 club. That's 50% from the floor, 40% from three, and at least 90% from the free throw line. He's the only player in the MLB or MLB and the NBA with that stat line. So, you know, uh, and, and listen, if I'm Detroit, I'm saying bye-bye to Grant Hayes and uh, and uh, uh, Dalio for Ben 100%. Look, if you, listen, for Detroit's sake, I would. For Detroit's sake, I would. I would. But, 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 I will say this, um, in terms of the Sixers, that's something they're going to have to take. Um, at this point, are you taking Steph over KD? I'm going to say this right now. No. But. Going with KD by this much. This much. 
barely, barely, barely. As an individual player, I'm going to take KD right now. However, that being said, because if I'm not mistaken, I believe Kevin Durant still leads. I think he still is a little over him in terms of scoring um, and also efficiency. But I will say this. If you come and tell me you're taking Steph right now over KD, I'm not mad at you. Not mad at you one bit. Not Because to me, you can't go wrong with either or. To, in my opinion, you can't. A lot of people are, are, are real. This is a good question. A lot of people are now asking legitimately, Steph or KD? And I'm telling people, I've been telling people, look, me, I got KD as the second best player. I, got, I still got LeBron as number one. If he continues with the injury history, I'm going to have to knock him down. The only person you can replace him with right now is Kevin Durant. Steph Curry is currently trying to make an argument that I deserve to be in there. Steph Curry's making that argument. He's saying I deserve to be in there. And the way he's bowling, I'm telling you right now, I got him top three. I have him top three. I still got Braun. Then after that, I got uh, Kevin Durant. And then I got Steph. Now, like I said, if, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Braun's been too injured. We got to take him out. That's fine. If you want to take him out, then I got KD at one and Steph at two. And honestly, if, if, if we're going to take Braun out, out, of the, out of the top five, then me personally, I think it's KD at one and Steph at two, which is close. And then there's a massive gap between two and three. I think that's how it is. I think it's, it's, it's how it's been with LeBron for the past few years where it was LeBron, then at number two, then there was someone at number two, no matter who, who, who you play, there's someone at number two. And most recent years, it's been Kevin Durant. You put him at number two, then everyone else is just desperately fighting for three. And I think we're getting to that point now. You know, again, I, I still got LeBron, but if you're saying the injuries, I'm not mad at you. If it's not LeBron James, it's Kevin Durant. And if you, don't, if you want to say Steph, I won't be mad at you for that. I really won't because, like I said, this kid is playing at a uh, – at, at, he's doing stuff that I can't even dream of doing. And, uh, you know, eventually we're definitely going to have to put respect on this man's name one way or another. So fighting, something I'm not good at, which is why I talk about it. However, some of the weight divisions in the UFC are kind of held down. They are locked down. So, I want to give you guys my take on some fighters who should consider moving weight classes to, to potentially find some success in getting championship gold, right? So, We got the flyweight champion, and obviously on the bottom of the screen you will see this, but I will say it out loud for those of you who are who are just listening. At flyweight, champion is Brandon Moreno. At bantamweight, Aljamain Sterling, which is a joke, and I, I'll say this before and I said it again, Aljamain Sterling. I hope and pray. Oh, and by the way, they are on the verge of firing Luke Walton. The comment says Kings are on the verge of firing Luke Walton. Um, I will say this, and I will say this now. Um, if the Kings fire with Luke Walton, you're an idiot. There's no coach. Greg Popovich, I believe right now, is the best coach in the NBA. And then not only – there's no way Greg Popovich is going to go in there 
turn this team around in in, in a couple years. So in no way, no how. If they fire him, yeah, they they're just they're just mad at themselves. Now, finally, Brandon Moreno is the champion. Bantamweight Aljamain Sterling, like I said, is a joke. I hope he trips, falls down, and then while he's falling, someone spits on him. Um, I'm gonna go on my Aljamain rant in just a moment here. Featherweight, excuse my French, that fucking savage Alexander Volkanovski at lightweight Charles Oliveira welterweight. That is my guy who definitely deserves to be pound for pound ranked number one, which he currently is. Thank God, Kamara Usman. At middleweight, Israel Adesanya, light heavyweight, that old fuck Laura Teixeira, my fucking hero. This is, I'm telling you, because of how old he is, this is this generation's fucking Randy Couture. Old as shit, and he came back and got the fucking belt. This is who he is. He is this generation's Hispanic goddamn Randy Couture. Love this guy. And then the light heavyweight champ, uh, the heavyweight champion himself, the man who could knock me out just by looking, Francis Naganu. And for the women's, women's strawweight, Rosanama Yunus, women's flyweight, Valentina Shevchenko, and then the women's bantamweight and featherweight champion, the GOAT Amanda Nunes. So let's start. By the way, in terms of the women, um, the women's division, I'm just going to say this right quick. Um, I'm telling y'all, do not. Do not talk to Valentina Shevchenko. Do not talk to Amanda Nunes. Proceed very cautiously with Rosanama Yunus. I think at this point, these we're gonna see these champions forever. Like uh, this, I think we're gonna see them forever. I think the, the one who could possibly lose it is Rosanama Yunus, but even then, I think it's gonna be a reach. So in terms of the women, the women's divisions, excuse my friend, y'all fucked. Yeah, what? For, forget, forget moving weight division. Y'all gonna have to move promotions. Go to Bellator. Go to Pride. Dude, y'all gonna have to figure something out. Go to boxing. All right, PFL. Go do something, man. Cause Thug Rose, the go Amanda Yunez, and the lady Valentina Shevchenko. Who I say this jokingly. Well, I said it jokingly, but now I mean it. I'm pretty sure she killed someone. I'm pretty sure Valentina Shevchenko has taken a life. Pretty sure. Now, I'm not going to – if I were to ever meet her in real life, of course, I would not ask that. Because I feel like that's something if you ask her, she will kill you. But in terms of the women, women's division, you are, as the children say in the streets, fucked, right? Now, Rio says Figgy should move up. If Figgy loses to Brandon Moreno, yes, he should. I, I do think he needs to move up. I do. Um, I, I'm with. I want to see how we how the whole thing. But I think he wins the trilogy against Brandon Brandon Moreno. But if Figgy loses, he definitely got to move up. Rocky is going to destroy Blahovich. I will tell you this. I'm putting this way. Alexander Ryarch is a guy who he look, he's a savage, right? But he was born in the wrong time. Why I say that is because I like him. Does he beat Jan Blahovich? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Jan Blahovich is kind of old too, though. If we're going to be honest, I mean, we were talking about, you know, Glover Teixeira being, I think he's like 42. We're going to be honest now. I think 
that man, I think this man, uh, Blahovich, I think he's like 40. So he's not that much. Blahovich is on the way out. The old man broke him. I love Blahovich, but I think that's 100% right. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the pressure of being the champion got to Blahovich. And Glover Teixeira was at the right place at the right time. Um, I thought I thought it was a quick tap, but then when they actually showed a different angle, Glover Teixeira had that thing tight. The only my only question was why did Jan Blahovich kind of straighten out and let Glover Teixeira get to his back, knowing that that's what Glover Teixeira wanted to do. That's the only. That's what. That's my. That's my only question. Uh, Rio said facts. Jan is old. He is. He definitely is. But um, flyweight. Um, you. I mean, Rio. You already said it. I think. I uh, think if Davidson Figueroa loses to Brandon Moreno, he needs to move up. Hundred percent. Um, bantamweight. Um, Aljamain Sterling needs to drop out of the entire MMA scene. The guy is a joke. He is a pathetic waste of space. Um, I. Ha- I'm losing so much respect for the bantamweight title. Um, because of him. Uh, it's becoming a joke. Um, because I'll be honest, uh, on his best day, I don't think he's beating Jose Aldo, uh, who's ranked fifth. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's beating Rob Font, who's fourth. Uh, he's not, he's not beating Corey Sanhagen, <laughs> who's third. He is not beating TJ Dillashaw, who's second. And again, he is not beating Piotr Jan, who's the interim champion right now. And I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. If I'm in a way, I'm punishing this kid. Here's what I'm doing. Sterling, you're fighting Piotr Jan, right? After that, after after Piotrion finally just puts pause on him, we're hitting up we're hitting up TJ Dillashaw. Yo, TJ, do me a favor. I'll make I'll make you a deal. If you if you do me this favor, you get a title shot next, right? You're going you're going. I want you to beat the bricks off of Elgin Sterling, right? However, however, I want this. I want him juice to the fucking gills. I want this man to eat, drink, inject. I want him to fuck EPOs. I want this man. So drugged up, he look. I want this guy to be like John Jones in goddamn Vegas. I want this guy completely. Fifty percent of his being is drugged. I want him to fucking obliterate Aljamain Sterling. Then after that, I want Corey Sanhagen to destroy him. I want Rob Font to put him to sleep, and I want Jose Aldo to break his arm. After that. I'm, if I'm Dana White, I'm sitting Aljamain Sterling in my office. You still want to be here? No? Get out. Sick and tired of Aljamain Sterling. He's a joke to me. Jan, um, Rio said, Jan versus TJ is my dream fight. It is the fight no one knew we wanted. It is the fight no one thought would happen. We're in 2021. God, bl- God bless 2021. In terms of the fight scene. Because the world is fucked. But in terms of fighting... And it's crazy because I'll be honest with you, if Sterling goes, ow, I hurt my neck again, and he goes, oh, I, I can't fight, even though I spent my entire career fighting with the same injury and decided not to have surgery until I ended up winning the title of Chief Shot. But, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to say that. If Aljamain still refuses to fight, my thing is you strip him and have Piotr Jan um, have a uh, – not really a unification, but kind of just like a, you take the, the belt from Piotr Jan um, – and after that, um, you know, uh, you know, Piotr Jan, uh, 
have Piotr fight either Dillashaw. I think I think he got to fight Dillashaw. If if Aljamain Sterling does fight, I think he I think the next the fight to make would be Jan and, and uh, Dillashaw for the title. Um, do you call Max a duck if he fights Connor in April? I'm assuming you mean Max Holloway. Um, I'm assuming, right? Because yeah, it would be on on in which unless you're talking about um, Michael Chandler. If I don't know if you actually said Max, you meant Mike. Uh, let me know who you're talking about because I'm 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 okay, a little confused. Let me know who you're talking about. If it's Max Holloway, just say yeah. If it's Max Holloway, just say Max. If it's Michael Chandler, just say Mike. Um, um but featherweight, I think the entire division needs to move. Um, Max Holloway. If I'm Max, <sighs> that's the thing about Max Holloway. I don't know if he can. I think he's I think he's high key stuck. Cause I don't know if he can make bantamweight. But lightweight is so much of a leap that it might it might screw him. Do you call Holloway a duck if he fights Connor? Okay. I don't want to call him that, but you would almost have to. You would almost have to. Now I will say this: I don't think Max Holloway ducks him. I don't think Max Holloway takes the Connor fight until after he fights Volkanovski. I don't. I I genuinely don't believe that. But to answer your question, if Max Holloway fights Connor, either either that or or the, the route you can also take is he just wants that chick chick. If he wants that chick chick, sure. Um, Max doesn't struggle to make 145. He's asked about it in his Facebook. He just said he um he has to diet. He's a small guy. Oh, oh well, if he doesn't if he doesn't struggle to make 145, then I mean, throw him in there. But problem with that though, we got we got a uh, yeah, that's a problem though, because we just said Brand, um uh, uh Figgy. That all depends if he loses to Moreno. Ah, uh, yeah, have him go 145. I wouldn't be mad about that. Have him dip. Fuck it. And again, this, okay, Matt Holloway is the same, is in the same boat as uh, Figgy. If Figgy loses to Moreno, he needs to move divisions. And if Matt Holloway loses to Volkanovski, he needs to move divisions. That's something, they, 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 that, the, that's something to consideration. It's also, Brian Ortega. Not just to Brian Ortega, bro, you're not that guy. And 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 featherweight right now. And featherweight right now. I don't, I don't want to disrespect him. I don't want to make him like he's a scrub or anything like that. I don't want to. But as of right now, of uh, there's only really three guys who can really win the two who kind of keep being in there in the in, in title contenders. Alexander Volkanovski, Max Holloway, and Brian Ortega. And of the three of them, Ortega is it would be the third. So he might have to consider it. At lightweight, um, this right here, this what I'm gonna say. A lot of people are gonna say, huh? They're gonna question me. Michael Chandler should consider moving weight. And when I say that, he's too short for welterweight. So he might have to cut weight and dip up here and see if he can try a hand at featherweight against Volkanovski. Can he make it? Potentially, maybe. I don't know. But Chandler right now in lightweight has been unfortunately been struggling. 
just lost to Justin Gaethje. His next fight is probably going to be against Islam Makachev. And if it's not Islam, it's going to be Benil Darush. If he loses, he needs to go. He he needs to say, you know what? It is what it is. Let me get out of here. He's going to have to. He's going to he's gonna have to. In my opinion, I think he's going he's gonna to need to. And again, I'm going to say this. If, me, if he makes the weight, look me in my face and tell me Michael Chandler versus Alexander Volkanovsky does not tickle you in a good way. By the way, uh, the uh, LeBron James, it's official. He's going to play tonight on Friday, which I knew he was. Once it's at 50-50, I knew he was going to. <sighs> Great. I think I got to watch. How is John Jones 6? Can we instead? I'm done. I'm not, I'm no, 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 I'm not falling for the trap. I'm not falling for the trap, Dana White. But yeah, um, uh, Michael Chandler, I think, I think he, he needs to, I think he needs to cut, uh, weight. Uh, chill, probably barely make 155. <laughs> yo, he, he be, <laughs> but yo, but, but yo, real, but here, okay, so the comment said, uh, chill, Mike can barely, wait, make 155. And I know he can barely make 155, but like, where else can he go? Like, we're gonna have to make this man, guys. We're gonna basically he's not eating no more his straight fluids. He gotta go on a fluid diet. Um because at this look, man, either that or get, I don't where else can he go? If he ends up losing, look, he's he's done because there's a lot of young guys coming up, like the lightweight division. And if he loses, where does he go? And look, I I <laughs> and yeah, he struggles at 155, but what you're telling me he's already short at lightweight. He's all at lightweight. He's already short, right? So what? You're on something. You might be on something. You might be on something. Rio basically said, "Let's petition for the 165 weight class." I, let me. I just want to make sure. Let me make sure. I want to make sure something. Okay. So, so these are the official weight classes, right? So, okay. The lightweight one twenty five. 135, 145, 165, or 155. What should we do a 165? You know what? No, no, fuck them. Nope, fuck them. Nope. Michael Chandler, figure it out. Figure it out, Michael Chandler. You gotta figure it out. Because I look, I, I'm looking at this, right? So, <laughs> And it's true. Michael Chandler's on the cusp of death making his original 155, right? And here's the thing. Going up to 170. You know what I would do? You know what I would do? Maybe this is a consideration. Nah, nope. Nope, that wouldn't even matter. Because each weight class is 15. Oh, no, it's 10. Fuck it, let's drop welterweight to uh, to one sixty five. Yeah, let's drop let, let let's drop. Matter of fact, my uh, Rio, we go we go. 
we will talk about this more in depth later. We gonna we gonna talk more in depth because to be honest, when you say that, that's not as crazy as uh, as it sounds. Not that crazy. But yeah, nah, Michael Chandler gotta go. He gotta go. Or 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 Darush has been inactive for a little bit. If he feels like the UFC don't like him, maybe he could drop weight. Um, for welterweight, Kamara Usman, Kobe Covington, move up the weight. Dana White never lets us have fun. Sometimes he'll give us fun, but he doesn't let us have fun. Welterweight, Kobe Covington, I think he moves. I think he should move up to middleweight. I believe. Uh, I, I think he should move up to middleweight, uh, especially considering that Adesanya's kind of has the whole division on lock. Um, just you know, let him let, put him up there. Let's see what he can do. Um, gives it gives a not only a fresh face in the division, but a fresh face in the title picture. Um, moving on to middleweight, and it would be it, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like for a welterweight, I think we should knock it. I think we should just put it at 165. I think we should because those five pounds, those five pounds. And on top of that, since it's five pounds, you can, you know, you know, the guys who are welterweight can technically already still, they only got to shed five more pounds, and they can kind of blow up to try to get those. So, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, but look, there, there's some guys that are kind of stuck in purgatory, you know, where, where they constantly, constantly just can't make weight. And God bless them. But yeah, uh, middleweight. I think uh, there's two things. Marvin Vittori, no, not Marvin, but Robert Whitaker, if possible. If he can't win, I'd like to see him in light heavyweight. I think I think he'll. I think Robert Whitaker would be and same with Marvin Vittori. I think both of them at light heavyweight. Because if you think about it, a lot of the top guys are older. Borchashera, old. Jan Blachowicz, old. Anthony Smith, he's getting up there. Tiago Santos is 40. Then if, then when you start looking at between 6 and 15, it's like Dominic Reyes. I mean, he's solid, but he's unfortunately not that guy. Same with Vulcan. Um, I like Nikita. Johnny Walker, same thing. And that's that's the rumor. The supposedly after the whole Marvitore and Paula Costa situation, Dana White was like, "Yeah, you're fine. I like heavyweight, whether you like it or not." So his next, even though on a technicality, his fight against Marvitore was his light heavyweight debut because that's what the, that's what the weight was at. Supposedly, his next fight is going to be against a legitimate lightweight. Anaclov is going to hurt Tiago Santos badly next year. Look, Tiago Santos is in the, at this point where one more loss, and we're looking at him like we look at Tony Ferguson. He doesn't have he does not have that much time left on the clock. Um, I think he beats um, uh, uh, Magomed. I think he beats him. Um, but to me personally, I think it's going to be close. I, I don't. I, this is one I'm not betting on. I don't like it. Um, for in terms of light heavyweight. 
I want to see Johnny Walker middleweight. I want to see how Johnny Walker can handle that. Um, I, I think he'll be able to cut that weight. Um, him at middleweight, that that little awkward style he has, I think that matches up nice with Israel Adesanya. And at heavyweight, here's the here's a here's a thing. At light at light heavyweight, I don't know if anyone can really move. If we're gonna be honest. I don't think I don't think anybody can really move. I mean, the only guy who could really move would be Cyril Gunn. I think Cyril Gunn, and it's because of his fight style and what he brings, um, it'll be easier for him to cut weight. But even then, I low-key think that might be a little bit of a reach. You want to see Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Tony Ferguson is in this weird is in this thing of in the, in his career where unfortunately no matter how much we want to admit it no matter how much we feel that it's not true Tony Ferguson just isn't that guy anymore um let's say he fights Dan Hooker and wins I don't think it matters I'm well, I'm talking about in terms of like actual ranking and like climbing up the ladder again now, in terms of it as it being a standalone fight, I think it got potential. I really do. I think it has the potential. However, Tony Ferguson at this point of his career, I don't know if he's beating Michael Chandler. I don't know if he's beating Islam. He's not beating Justin Gaethje. He's not beating Dustin. He's not beating Charles. I mean, maybe Benil Darush, but even then, I can't even say that because he fought Benil Darush and lost. So it's like he's at seven. Everyone above him, unfortunately, right here, right now. But Sean Bray looks ready. Kirsten has a nice hate event. I want to see how Brady. So here, so for those of you who don't know, Sean Brady, that is my guy, 110%. He shares the same nickname as the greatest quarterback to ever grace God's green earth. So by default, I'm on him. But here's what I'm going to say. Sean Brady, in order for him to win, he just needs to do what he usually does. He understands he's short. He understands he doesn't have the, adva- the the reach advantage. He understands that, which is step one. Step one is understanding it. Step two is now getting close. Because if you're a guy with a with a short reach advantage, the easiest way to to counter uh, to counteract someone who's got longer reach advantage, you gotta fight close. You gotta get in there. You got you can't. If because the thing is, when they throw a hook and they go like this. Guess what? They're not losing power. They can't hit you clean. So now their arm leg comes at a disadvantage. So Sean Brady's gonna have to go in there. He's gonna have it's he, it's gonna be a gritty fight. I still got him. I think Kansas um, grinds his way to a decision, but this will be a huge experience for Brady to become much better for hundred percent, hundred percent. He will be. And like I said, if, if he loses, um, because right now he's ranked fourteen. If he loses, I he, he should not be unranked. If you want to put him at fifteen, fine. He should not be unranked. But I'm saying this, if he wins, we're going fucking sizzling. I'm, 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 I'm telling you right now, he beats Michael Chiesa, Brady sixth. Me and me and Brady, we going we gonna take Michael Chiesa's ranking. That's what we gonna do. We gonna take it. Hundred percent, we gonna take it. Yeah, because look, 
Because the thing is, 14th, and you're being a guy right outside the top five, literally right outside at six, if he wins, I'm, I'm, I, I want to see how the rankings look after that because I'm going to tell you right now, um, I like uh, Cosmat, but Sean Brady's going to have to go over him. He's going to have to go over him, and maybe maybe that's the next fight. Um, maybe, because Vincente Luca hasn't done anything. He's at four. Maybe you want to give Sean Brady another test to see. Because um, the thing is, this whole with Kamar Usman holding everything down, a lot of people are kind of, you know, they want some, a fresh face in there. And if Sean Brady beats Michael Chiesa, He's going to be that fresh face that uh, everybody desperately wants to see. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's enough for your boy. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Prideful Takes. I love arguing with people. It's like my favorite pastime. I love arguing with y'all. So if if y'all got anything to say at me, feel free to tweet. If there's anything I want to see, tag me in it. I have no problem uh, looking at it. Catch us on Facebook at Prideful Takes. Not only do we put up memes, I put my pick I'm, I got to start doing that with the NBA. Um <clears throat> And I go live on there. If you don't have a Facebook, that's fine. We're on YouTube at Private Takes. Visit the website, www.privatetakes.com. Not only do we have every single episode of the podcast there, but we also have original articles. And check us out on Spotify at Apple Podcasts, um, Private Takes Podcast. Um, I hope I entertained y'all. Rio, appreciate you keeping things active in the chat. I appreciate it. Um, and like always, appreciate y'all spending some time with me. It's your boy, Pride. See you on the next one. Knew where that was going. That was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. They handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Did several of those inside low kicks.